Hello, and welcome to the Performance Marketing Spotlight. I'm your host, Marshall Nyman, founder and CEO of Nyman Co. Each episode, the podcast brings you someone with deep experience in the performance marketing space, where they will highlight their experience within the industry. Today, I have Vino Varma, who is co-founder and CEO of Creator.co. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Marshall. Pleasure to be here. Very excited to have you on today. Likewise. So let's get right to it. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience so they can get to know you a bit? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Vinod. I, I co-founded Creator.co about five years ago. Prior to that, I was responsible for launching some some pretty significant brands like Fitbit, the Apple iWatch, the Garmin Forerunner, Samsung Gear, and, and these were predominantly in Canada with Best Buy. And through that process, learned a lot about working with influencers and how it can be used to scale awareness, build trust within targeted communities, and ultimately help brands really build loyal communities, which then can be translated and developed into very strong uh, performance marketing plans. Awesome. Well, we'd love for you to share a little bit about Creator.co, what you're doing there and all the great stuff. Yeah, for sure. So Creator.co is is really an, an ecosystem designed for brands and, and creators to connect, collaborate, grow and earn more money. Really a, a two-sided ecosystem where we have dedicated people on the brands team that is helping them create strategies, find the right influencers, execute and manage campaigns, obviously get all of the content and reporting and all of that good stuff. And then we also have the creator side where we're actually committed to helping aspiring influencers find more brands, become part of those communities and, and drive ambassador programs for challenger brands predominantly. So yeah, two-sided ecosystem really designed to uh, help grow the creator economy in the two largest uh, underserved segments of it, which are challenger brands and micro-influencers. For sure. I mean, that, that's the brands that we focus with. And those are the ones that are always, I think, struggling to break through. So having tools and, and ways to help them grow their audience and and followings for those brands is, is really in, in, instrumental in their marketing strategy. So it looks like you started the company back in, in 2016. What was the central point that got you guys started? What was the kind of the, the problem that you were trying to solve at that moment? So the problem was trying to work with thousands of influencers at once. Um, so this was a problem that I faced in my in my previous role when I was launching one of the fit one of the new Fitbit devices. We were trying to manage and work with hundreds of influencers, and it was a nightmare. There was no platform that really supported this type of growth and scale, especially with micro influencers. And, you know, I understand that when you're dealing with larger corporations that there, you know, there are legal teams involved and there can be a lot of friction that that's, you know, necessary at that size, but it can also slow down campaigns and really lead to inefficiencies that that take away from the true ROAS. When I peeled back the onion, really what we were doing was trading very, you know, very specific products for tailored social exposure. And so that was, you know, when we looked around at technology that was available at the time, there wasn't really anything that was just simple and easy and could get scale quickly. And that was the genesis moment for creator.co when you know we decided we were going to build a platform that made it really easy for brands to trade their products and services for very tailored social exposure so we founded the company in 2016 spent about two years building it it launched in 2018 and yeah we haven't looked back since awesome what were some of the major challenges that you faced in the beginning Definitely funding, I think, at the at the very beginning for, you know, for, for a new entrepreneur to to tackle, you know, a, raising capital is, is a whole new thing that, you know, in my neck of the woods was never discussed, never learned in school. So that was a whole new learning and challenge that I needed to, to get through and overcome. And thankfully, the people that, you know, I surrounded myself with or, or that ended up surrounding themselves or being close to me, you know, I was fortunate enough to have people in my corner that really supported the vision of the business. And uh, and they were able to, to provide me with sounds 
strategic guidance, open doors uh, so that I could have those meetings, develop myself, you know, into someone who could raise money for a growing startup. And uh, yeah, and then it, and then it all kind of worked out. And, and now we're, uh, we're hitting some some pretty serious scale right now and should be growing to about 30 team members by the end of the year. Well, that's awesome. I think that's pretty much one of the biggest struggles right now uh, is funding with everything going on in the economy. So it's, it's good that you got through that uh, period uh, previously, because I know right now it's, it, it's definitely uh, not easy to, to get money. So what does an ideal brand look like for creator.co? Or is there not really any brand that could be a fit? Or, or what, what do you see as an ideal fit? So we like to think of ourselves as agnostic. And if, and if we can help a brand work with creators or help a brand grow using the creator economy, then we want to learn if, if that's something we can execute on. For the most part, I will say brands who have brands who understand the value of their social media. So brands who have, you know, good social media presence doesn't need to be thousands of followers, but understand that the aesthetic is important, that posting consistently is important. They have a well-developed product and defined ideal customer profile. Typically CPG brands, health and wellness, food and beverage, pets, fashion, home decor, fitness, those categories do pets do really well for us. So that's kind of the brands that that we reach out to and, and see if we can offer some help or guidance when it comes to influencers. Um, and then we've also worked with technology apps, Web3 projects and all kinds of things. You know, we're getting more into the gaming space now. So Twitch is becoming really important to some of the strategies on, on those brands. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning more and more every day about the other verticals that, you know, can really benefit from the creator economy. But we haven't had a ton of experience yet as, as that market really still develops. Anything exciting on the roadmap for creator.co that you could share? Yeah, so we are by the end of Q2, we will have pretty much all of our uh, affiliate network integrations completed. So Rakuten, Reversion, Awin, ShareASale, and soon Impact, Pepper Jam, and CJ, uh, which will mean we are one of the most integrated uh, influencer platforms that exist, which means any of our brands will then, uh, if, if they're set up on those said networks will be able to essentially drop in campaigns, recruit influencers to not only create content and talk about them on social organically, but they'll also be invited to participate and join uh, affiliate programs. And, and we believe that micro influencers have the ability to convert better than than a lot of other publishers and a lot of other uh, content mediums. Well, I agree with you as far as micro influencers. We like to work with micro influencers in our programs. We see the value in people that are still growing their followings as a brand is growing. And I think there's something nice with growing together. And so as that person starts to go from a smaller following to a larger following, they might still be excited about your product, still use it, still share it. When you're going after someone a little larger, it's harder to get in that door. So I definitely uh, agree with you on the micro influencer side. They also tend to be a little bit easier to work with because um, you're working directly with them versus maybe like a, a professional manager. But to your other point about getting integrated with the affiliate networks, that that's always really helpful for, for affiliate managers to have it all in one place. And it sounds like based on the ones that you said, you're covering all the major affiliate networks uh, that most of us work on. So that's really great to hear. As far as your product goes, is it something that affiliate managers are using? Is it a service where you're doing it white glove? What does that look like for someone that's looking to work with creator.co? Great question. So both. So we have agencies that come on and use our platform as a self-serve tool for their entire team or, you know, for their clients. Uh, and then we have brands and or agencies that come to us and they require a little bit more labor, I guess, involved because there is, you know, you can have a tool with everything, you know, in the box ready to execute. You still need to find the right influencers. Conversations need to be had. Recruiting needs to take place. Um, so there's a bit of work and, and sometimes it can be time consuming to do. So we offer that as a service as well. So we start at $460 a month for the base platform 
platform, which is everything you would need to run and drive an effective uh, influencer campaign. Uh, and then you can add an account manager based on your needs from there. Okay. That's very affordable for uh, getting started with influencer. Um, so that kind of ties into my next question about budget for influencers. I think obviously it seems like everybody just wants to work on just gifting and, and commission. I think if it works, it, it's great, but it seems like we're at a point now where pretty much every influencer that, that we talk to says, hey, I'm going to put a lot of time uh, into putting together a post for you. There is some sort of upfront cost that I need. So what, what are your thoughts on kind of paying for posts? or uh, having some sort of fee or hybrid model to working with influencers? Marshall, it's a great question. And honestly, probably the one I face most when talking with our partners, when talking with potential brands. The truth is, is, is there isn't a formula or, or straight answer. And I'll give you an example. If you're Nike and you're offering people free sneakers to do a post for you, almost every influencer would say yes to that because the brand name has so much clout and when you're seen collaborating with it it does you know it does good things for your personal brand versus if you're a brand that no one's really heard of and you're offering free product and requesting it the influencer should know that in this equation they hold the leverage because they have the community they have the trust that's taken time that's taken effort for them to build and maintain and the brand needs to pay to access that because that influencer and individual has worked hard cultivating their community so that's kind of the the balance you know the two extremes that i guess you could say is sometimes we know that the brand really needs the help and therefore should pay to play and and get the exposure to that influencer who is taking time to create content edit it create a caption that that resonates with their audience and remember it's always in the influencer's best interest to create content that's aesthetic to their to their feed uh, and engaging to their community right there's there's no incentive for them to you know botch a collaboration because they're not you know there's intrinsic values there for them so for brands we do as a strategy for most of our clients recommend doing an evergreen gifted campaign the advantage to that is you get people who are really in line with the brand values who understand it who are probably a, a customer or would be a customer if they saw it in a store or online uh, and that's when the most authentic content comes through is when they're like yeah you know i want to support this brand i love that you're you know vegan or gluten-free or allergy-free you know my kids are you know, need all of that stuff. So I'd love to, you know, help you guys out and, and collaborate. And for them, they get, you know, they get seen as someone who's, you know, breaking the news first about a new brand to their audience. So there's value. Uh, and to the brand, they obviously get the the much needed exposure and the trust in the content. On average, we like to do a mix of gifted campaigns and paid campaigns. The paid campaigns allow you to better target sometimes more higher quality influencers that are being sought after. And, and you have to appreciate that other brands in your space are probably contacting them as well. So you you do need to stand out from the crowd a little bit but then you know that need for just organic steady content and, and getting people who align with the brand values into your ambassador program for long-term growth gifted campaigns are a great strategy to do that and to put your product in the hands of someone who would be an ideal customer yeah i mean i i agree with that i i think personally it makes sense to have a little bit of budget if you're looking to get into influencer if not it's going to be more challenging and when i say budget it doesn't have to be a big budget but definitely something to think about paying the creators for their time at least and then i think the other thing is that a lot of affiliate marketers are used to running everything on a performance basis and so a lot of the more traditional publishers are better equipped with their tracking and driving uh conversion where influencers aren't always great at driving conversion via the platforms 
they might be great at driving conversion other ways and you're not always seeing that. So I think that's the other reason why sometimes paying them a fee and knowing that traffic is going to come, but it might not directly come to your website via your affiliate platform. And so you're not tracking it and seeing it the same way. That's something also, I think that's important for people to consider when they're putting together budget, because it's just not the same attribution like you'll see across the board. Budget the Budget's implement, uh, important to uh, really having a successful campaign, in my opinion. So what are some of the major challenges that influencer marketing space is currently facing? I think to your point, you're your earlier question one is is understanding the budget involved and what's required of of achieving the success that you're looking for you know i think people jump into it and think influencer just are just going to magically drive sales for you and and that's not the case it's like any marketing strategy where you need to have you know a thought out strategy a defined goal and then kind of reverse engineer from them who are the influencers that we need to target to get to this goal to get to this reach to get to this impression count to get this type of content whatever it might be there needs to be a plan in place so i think you know one is making sure that you've got a a very defined goal uh, and then reverse engineer a plan from there also i think there's frustration trying to determine roi so again part of that goal is determining what are the factors of ROI are there going to be are there going to be you know social metrics in terms of reach and engagement is it going to be follower growth on your own TikTok Instagram YouTube channels is it going to be the content that you get and you know that it's going to take you you know if you were to hire a photographer or videographer it would cost you thousands of dollars and and months or, or at least weeks to get content back the way you want it in this case it's a little bit faster a little bit more organic and can still be high quality and there's a value associated to that so there's different ways to build the scorecard, but I think brands right now, the frustrations would probably be around determining ROI, creating a real plan that leads to a desired outcome, or at least a way to measure uh, if a desired outcome is is being accomplished or not. And then I think overall in, in the industry, I think the number one time suck in this space is finding and recruiting the right influencers. From what we say that that seems to be the biggest, like, yeah, we're interested. We like the premise. We have a good product. You know, we know that the influencers will love it, but we don't have two hours a day to recruit, you know, 100 influencers when only 10 or 15 are, are responding to us. Yeah, I think setting expectations are, are key, as you said in the beginning. And then recruitment for us is pretty much where we spend most of our time. It's what we see as the biggest piece to continue to drive success for any program. And it's just always a rinse and repeat kind of thing. So you never kind of finished finding them. You're always looking for new ones um, or maybe going back to ones that didn't engage in the past and seeing if maybe they're, they're interested in uh, working together now. So I think that's all really great points. I was actually going to ask you next, what's a common misconception, but I think you pretty much kind of hit the nail on the head. I think people basically, they, they think it's a waterfall. They're just going to turn it on and working with influencers is going to be this big money maker overnight without really thinking about a long-term strategy. I think one of the other things that we talk about with clients a lot is like, where do you want the content? Where are you trying to grow your your presence? Like, is YouTube a focus today? Is TikTok? Is, is Meta? Like, where, where are you trying to spend your time? And then using those types of influencers. So I think kind of like, as you said, reverse engineering it, really understanding like what the goal is versus just saying, hey, we want to work with influencers. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the biggest misconception is it's going to just lead to instant sales, but no one's heard of the brand or, or no one recognizes it and, or it's, you know, over a hundred dollars and it's not an impulse purchase. So it will take some time to get there and, and trickle down the sales funnel. Yeah, definitely. That would probably be the biggest misconception. And, 
you know, if anyone is aware of a vending machine in marketing where you can put a few dollars in and it spits out a guarantee out, then yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to see it. I mean, I always tell people if you're looking for overnight uh, success, affiliate channel is not the best one. You know, I think people are used to like running in like Google or social and you kind of put the money in, you start to see the conversions like instantly, you can kind of push it the lever up or down. Like affiliate, it takes a lot of time. You establish the relationship, you get the exactly. product, they're interested in it, they use it, they write the review, then it finally goes live. And then you start to see maybe some of the conversion come in. Maybe it takes a couple other interactions from that uh, partner to really drive sales. So it's not like you should always have that expectation on just that that first hit, everything's gonna happen. It's it's really building that partnership and that relationship. Totally, yeah, you're, you're, you're bang on then. It's, it's all about that, it takes time. Uh, any predictions on the future of influencer marketing? Yeah, I think creators are gonna become their own storefront very quickly, sooner than we expect. I think people will be focused less on retailers and more focused on buying from people they trust, individuals they trust. And I think that there's a lot of technology coming down the pipeline from Creator Co. included that's going to enable more influencers, creators, whatever you want to call them, to take more control over over the products they support and to earn more from being a part of a part of that brand's uh, growth story. Awesome. Well, really appreciate you having on. Great conversation. Um, definitely valuable for anybody looking to dive deeper into influencer marketing or uh, interested in taking a look at the platform. A big thank you to you, Vinod, uh, from creator.co for joining the podcast this week. Some really great insights. What is the best way for listeners to connect with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, just my first name, last name, Vinod Varma. You can also email me, Vinod at creator.co. Again, thank you. I am Marshall Nyman. I am the host of the Performance Marketing Spotlight signing off. Thank you for joining us and giving a like or follow if you'd enjoyed this content. Thank you. Thanks so much.